Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. Welcome to another installment of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So before we get started, um, we we told y'all we were going to record this episode live in honorance of Trans Day of Remembrance. Uh, So happy to be here with you guys. So happy to share space with you on this very emotional day for our community and we have a very um we have a very good show planned for you um guys tonight so i guess i guess we will start with updates um so let's go first well um the holidays are approaching and um i am um planning on going to just isolate and kind of be by myself but we are going to orlando we rented our own airbnb um we needed to be closer to his mom because um we recently had a death in the family and so you know we just want to make sure because you know she lives alone and so you know um being a little bit closer and being able to go get groceries and things and put them on her doorstep and things of that matter we felt was important for thanksgiving um so just do, getting prepared for that. Um, also um, excited about my, um, uh, just my endeavors and, and, and I got a lot going on right now, but it's just, it, it's just one of those things. As I get into Trans Awareness Week, I'm excited to see all of the faces. I'm excited to see your work and the things you've been doing this week. I've been excited to be engaged, but on a deeper level, there's this always this um, feeling of feeling a bit kind of in reverence in preparation for what I know will be for a lot of these girls one of the true ways in which we honor our fallen with their full dignity. Um, and so, you know, knowing that we would do something to participate in the festivities gave me great joy, but it also gave me a sense of responsibility and reverence. And I've been kind of in a prayerful spirit this week in preparation. So yeah, yeah. What about you, sis? How you been? Um, so this week has been very, very, very busy for me. Um work has been uh it's been a lot going on. I knew this week will be busy, especially with it being trans awareness week. Mm-hmm. Happy that we're at the end of the work week, and then um, we've been busy planning stuff uh, for our new season, having meetings, and um, in the second season, I know we really are focusing on collaborating with people and bringing other community people in. So, can't wait to um, share with you all new projects that we're working on. Um, also, today has been super, super, super heavy with events. Uh, I did an event for T-Door for my um, law school. Um, they had an event. This is their second event 
um, that they've been able to have. And I got to do that. Also, I want to give a shout out to my sister, Ashley Marie Preston, who included wow. me a part of the Trans Takeover program. And I um, did like about an hour and a half to two hour live on Amber Riley's Instagram. Um, thank you so much, Amber Riley, for allowing me to come onto your platform um, to talk about Transgender Day of Remembrance and Trans Awareness Week and to also um, promote the box number 512 um, podcast platform and um, bring a lot of folks our way so they can um, listen to a lot of the work that we've been doing and that we will continue to do. So I'm so happy that I was able to um, promote our platform on that large platform where a lot of the questions um, we've already had uh, episodes that have addressed those particular questions. And just preparing for um, my Thanksgiving is going to look a little different. Um, the plans that I thought I had, they have changed. Uh, but whatever happens, I'm just going to be thankful that despite everything that has happened this year, you know, I have a job, I have money, I've never went hungry, I still have my house, and I have things to look forward to. I have things to live for. So whatever happens, I'm still cooking. I'm still eating. And I'm just really going to enjoy. I'm just going to enjoy myself. And whoever I can share that um, time and space with, uh, I'll do that. So um, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But again, I'm happy to be here and to uplift our people and to give our people um, the light that they need. For sure. For sure. You know, sis, um, I know this was a, this is an unscheduled just question really fast, but I think going coming into Thanksgiving, um, what I just want to take a moment to just share a moment of thanks. Like, what is something you're going to be thankful for in this thanking giving season? I know that there's a lot of angst going on, and I'm not talking about all the propaganda stuff surrounding the day. It's not so much about the day. I feel like a lot of things have happened this year, and this is a time where we talk about that. So, tell me something you're thankful for this year. Um, like I said, I'm thankful that I've been able to successfully start my profession because I just had a lot of anxiety around that and that now I'm able to do all the things I said I was going to do. I'm thankful for this platform, um, how we literally went from nothing to something and now we're starting to see some of the fruits of our labor. Uh, I think people really respect us. They respect what we bring to the atmosphere. So, you know, I'm happy um, for our platform and for our growth. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful that I have my peace. I'm thankful that I have my peace. Like, I, I'm thankful, like I said, that I can still work because it's a lot of people that are unemployed. It's a lot of industries that are not coming back. And I'm really blessed to be in the position that I'm in. Um, I can work from home. I'm making good money. I'm able to take care of myself. I'm able to sustain myself. I'm able to plan for the future. I'm able to see the future. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just, I'm really thankful for that. I really, because I know, I remember what it was like being the girl, you know, before the access and before the salaries. Like I remember being the hourly girl um, getting my paycheck and paying my bills and not literally not having enough and trying to figure out how I was going to make it the next two weeks with like only 20 or $30 left. So, you know, it's just, a, a, I don't take it for granted um, 
this position, this situation that I'm in. And I'm thankful I've had those humbling experiences so I can remember and that I can also can be um, compassionate for, uh, for other people and actually work to liberate other people um, who are in that same situation. And now I have a little, I, you know, I try to use my privilege to, you know, advocate to liberate everyone. So I'm just, you know, I'm just really, you know, everything is not perfect. Um, some things are a work in progress, but I'm just really happy to be where I'm at right now. What about you? Um, same. I'm very thankful for family. I think this year more than ever, I realized the importance of, um, family chosen and not chosen in blood. Um, both have really been very instrumental to me this year. I'm thankful for my sisterhoods and the things that we deepened. I'm thankful for our new business venture and the expansions of our brands. I'm thankful for my own podcast, Alignment Still Lives, podcast conversations with the Black Trans Goddess. I'm thankful for my my husband and my blood family. Um, we suffered a loss this year, watching everyone come together in love and, you know, put things aside to be able to, you know, um, honor someone that was a pillar to us all, which is very powerful. And Unfortunately, I know that we're in a season where there's a lot of people right now who are, um, who are, I guess the word I want to say is dealing with a loss of some kind, whether it be a loss of job, loss of circumstance, but particularly loss of family members due to COVID and, and you know, and an administration that doesn't seem to really want to focus on that right now. So I do want to hold space for that because I know that that's a part of what I'm thankful for is that I'm still alive. So, yes. Yes. So now transitioning into our next segue, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Transgender Day of Remembrance. And it should be easy for me because I've been on multiple platforms today to give this spiel. So I should know this by heart. So Transgender Day of Remembrance was created in 1999 by Gwendolyn Ann Smith for her to uh, memorialize her friend Rita Hester, a black trans woman who was murdered in Boston, Massachusetts in 1998. She was a black trans woman. And since then, the celebration has grown, it's become bigger, it's become um, more wider known, especially with the recent, in recent years with the heightened visibility of transgender people and trans celebrities. And in fact, even today, we had President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris be the the first uh, the first elected officials to recognize Transgender Day of Remembrance, and that just shows how far we've come. But still, even with this visibility, even with this awareness, this past year has been one of the deadliest years on record for transgender folks, in particular. Black trans women, young Black trans women. We've lost so many of our family, our siblings this year. It's, it's ridiculous and it shows the confluence of how these systems of oppressions work, work together to impact our community where we suffer these um, horrible losses in our community, these horrible losses of life. Uh, um, do you have any thoughts you want to bring us? Yeah, um, I think part of what makes 
this country beautiful is that on its surface, we're told that we're going to be able to navigate and exist. And I believe in those ideals. I was raised under those ideals. I, I feel like in a perfect world, we wouldn't need days like this to honor our fallen because we would be not being killed for just existing. And um, I think that, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think that what's most important at this point is that I want to remember that beyond all of the bullshit, beyond all of the propaganda, that these are human beings. These were somebody's sister. These were somebody's aunties. These were somebody's blood kin. These were somebody's babies and they're gone. And year after year, you know, we're still having this. And I hate having double digit anniversaries for events that are surrounded around our murders. I hate even more that in a time of unprecedented social media and you know, and the ability to disseminate information so clearly in such a time that yet our murders are still something that we have to take time to make sure that everyone knows about because this is not something that many people care about. And it's evidenced by the, the, the lack of support in our laws. It's evidenced by the lack of support in our communities. It's lack of support it's the evidence by the lack of support, even in sometimes our families. And so what we just ask right now is that you just to participate in this moment with us. But I, for me, for me, I really just want to remember people to know that you're human beings. Beautiful, eloquent, proud, overcoming survivors of human beings. Warrior women. Yes. Uh, we want to thank you all for participating in the comments. This is an interactive show. We love when you guys come and chime in. So keep it coming. Um, who knows? We might even have a segment where if you want to get on camera and share your thoughts or bring somebody's name into the space, we can do that um, at, the, at the appointed time. So... Um, before we get into our the heart of the, the things that we want to talk about on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we just want to create a sacred space to mention the names of the the our siblings who we lost this year. So, and since once I uh, mention the names, if you want to like just invoke a prayer or just a saying, once I get to the end. Um, you can do you can do that and just really um, whatever energy we need to end that off on um, we can do that. Yes. So, and as I read these names, if you get emotional, it's okay. Just we're just going to take our time and we just want to go through this and we just want to um, lift up our names because that's what we do as a community. We we recognize our own. So first, Dustin Parker, age twenty five. Nulisa Luciano Ruiz, Yampi Mendez Arrocha, 19 years old, Monica Diamond, 34, Lexi, 33, Johanna Metzger, Penelope Diaz Ramirez, 
Serena, Angelique, Velasquez, Ramos, 32, Layla, Pelaez, 21, Nina Pop, 28, Hale, J. O'Regan, 20, Tony McDade, 38, Jane Thompson, 33, Selena Reyes Hernandez, 37, Dominique Remy Fells, Rhea Milton, 25, Brian Egypt Powers, 43. Brayla Stone, 17. Mercy Mack, 22. Shockey Peters, 32. Bree Black, 27. Summer Taylor, 24. Marilyn Cazares, 22. Tiffany Harris, 32. Quiesha D. Hardy, 22. Aja Raquel Ron Spears, 34. Key Sam, 24. Ariane Burnett, 38. Tracy Mia Green, 29. Michelle Michellen Ramos Vargas, 33. Felicia Harris, 33. Brooklyn Deshauna Smith, 20. Sarah Blackwood, 39. And finally, Angel Unique, 25. At this time, I think we should have just a brief moment of silence for our fallen and then I'll have a few words to say. Thank you. The hearing of the names is something that always strikes me because when I hear the name, I can't help but imagine the story, the story of the 25-year-old, the story of the 19-year-old, the story of the 34-year-old, and how those stories were forever closed by someone who took the right from them to live by someone with the audacity to believe that they had the final say in what that beautiful destiny could or could, could have been. And I just, I am appalled when I hear the names because then I also hear the families, the children, the legacies, the people that would have been blessed had that person still been alive to allowed to live and live unencumbered. I also hear the silence of the people around us that say that they care, that say that we're beautiful, that say they want to be in our lives, that say that we mean something to them. I hear the silence and it is deafening. 
because we engage in our day-to-day lives with so many different people in so many different segments of the population at work, in our careers, and in our jobs, in, in, um, with, in our relationships with the men that um, come and, and, and partake in our wares. We engage with people across the strata. And if the people that were engaging with us actually gave a damn about our lives, this would be a national outcry. It wouldn't be a day of the year because this is hate crimes happening over and over and over again. These are the things that, these are the things that are signals that our society has starting to become a place where it is unsafe for regular taxpaying citizens to live if you dare to be different. And as trans folk, we have this double indignity of being maybe a minority in the case of Brianna and I and a lot of these girls that are being murdered. We have the double indignity of being minorities, being killed by the police, but no one will ever come march for us in the way that they would if we were black men. No one would ever give a damn about our lives in the way that they would if we were cisgender. And I just think that that is appalling and it is disturbing for these ladies that of the names that you just called. I declare and decree victory over their lived experience because while their lives was cut short, I declare victory over the fact that I know that they impacted people that will forever be changed by their existence. I also declare victory over in life because even though they lost the battle for their life, we are a community that does not forget our fallen. And so we call them and we speak their names because we want them to know that their legacy shall never fall as long as we are alive because our community cares for our own. And that is powerful and that is honorable and that is not something that mainstream society would have be told about us. Because if we become human, then there's now a group of people that are people that we are discriminating against, that we're denying, that we're marginalizing, that we're pushing out to the fringe. So no, 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 let's not humanize them. But today on this day, Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk has decided to humanize these people. And I want you to know that uh, an often quoted statistic that we often forget is that the life expectancy for trans folk, for black trans women in particular, is 35. I know y'all heard in this list how many babies, how many of our, our youth, how many of somebody's mama, somebody's babies are being taken off this earth before they ever have a chance to really develop any skills, to, to develop and, and grow as human beings. There are teenagers being murdered before they can ever really get to know the sweetness of being an adult. And today, this day, we call out all of the people around that are silent, the systems of oppression that allow these people to be in situations where they're having to risk their lives for food, risk their lives to survive, or not being adequately provided for by a system that has decided because of who they are, they're not worthy to live. 
And today, I just want to say, I speak your name, sisters. We speak your names and we thank you because your life, while it was cut short, it galvanizes us. It is something that has lit a, lit a fire in our hearts and we will never forget you. Amen. Ashe. Ashe. So now we're going to, um, on a lighter note, we're going to talk about some orgs that are doing the work and that are um, honoring our fallen's memories and are working to create uh, a new reality for all of us where we can thrive and live the lives that we were um, meant to live. So, um, Sus, you want to start that off? Um actually say what you just said again girl we um this is the part where we're going to talk about some of the um the organizations and community oh yes i want to talk about how there are so many different amazing organizations that are doing the work and on this day where we're talking so much about all of the losses and all of the the struggles I wanted to take a moment to honor people, places, and um, just just give shout outs to people who I feel like are warriors this year on the battlefield. I want to first start out by shouting out Daranisha Duncan Boyd, if I'm saying it correctly. I love you, sister. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love your organization, Take Resource Center. I love what you're doing in greater leadership positions in community. And I respect that you are someone that I consider on the front lines in the battlefield, helping establish organizations and funding for organizations to be able to really, really meet some of these quality of life things that would significantly lower that life expectancy or, or increase that life expectancy and lower our risk of dying. So thank you so much, Daranisha. Um, shout out to the illustrious, the wonderful, my sister, the fabulous, Toya Washington. Um, I want to just give you a quick shout out real fast on Remembrance Day because, you know, I, I've watched you move from um, in, in different levels in life, but now watching you really move into ministry, watching you move into now doing more things um, with your interviews and things, and watching you do the work in community on the ground, watching you drive girls back and forth while still being the glamorous woman that you are, while still holding space to start your own project the um, Trans Woman of Color Project, which is, y'all, you guys, make sure you tune in. It's a project that's going to be addressing the mental health and physical and social needs of trans people. And um, she's, y'all, she's about it. She's about her work. And so I just want to give her a shout out. And just organizations in general, I just want to thank every organization out there. I want to give a shout out to... Um, my sister, Salandra in Tennessee, shout out for your organization. I'm sorry, I don't know the name, girl. Shout out to um, um, what's, um, Trans, um, I forget the name of it, the Trans Housing Program here. Um, A Vision for Hope, amen. Won't he do what he came to me? Shout out to you in this moment as well. Thank y'all because I do know that change is not something that happens overnight and it's through labor, it's through prayers, it's through 
the suffering is through the sacrifices of many of you that I just named and many, many more out there that has allowed this movement to go forward. And as someone that has been a part of the movement for many years, I know the work and I honor you for your service. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to you. And I guess I will bring into the room uh, Mariah Moore and Milan Nicole Cherry um, and the work yes. that they're doing and for a House of Tulip mm -hmm. um, specifically to um, get trans folks to own land and to own property and to um, just be homeowners. Um, I think that's very powerful. I think that's revolutionary. I think it's a work that should be funded. Um, no questions asked. Uh, and I'm just proud of them because that's that's something as as people that it's as a community that that has to do with housing insecurity uh, that that saves our lives that saves our lives that cuts against us dealing with some of the other disparities that we have we have to deal with uh, because we we are housing insecure. So I think they're doing great work. Uh, shout out to Kayla Gore in Memphis, uh, my sister's house. They're doing amazing work. Um, shout out to um, Diamond Styles, who not only is the um, the principal um, host of Marsha's Plate podcast, but in her capacity uh, as executive director at Black Trans Woman um, Inc. Um, they're they're trying to develop um, a housing program in Houston. Um, so shout out to them. Um, shout out to the Okra Project. Um, Ian Field Stewart in New York City, um, getting trans chefs or getting chefs to make food specifically for trans people in the New York City area. We need food. We be hungry. We are also food insecure. Um, a lot of us deal with hunger. And I just think it's revolutionary that not only are we getting people nutritious meals, but we're actually getting people to prepare that food for them. Um, so shout out to them. Shout out to Ari Asai of the Transgender District um, in San Francisco. Um, just getting getting our spaces um, deemed and claimed and having funding to promote to keep those spaces going. Aria is doing fabulous work. Um, it's just the beautiful thing. And like I said, um, on some of the stuff that um, I talked about um, previously on other lives and um, Zooms I was on, you know, it's a beautiful time to be a Black trans woman in this time because so many of us are doing our thing and we're you know, we're pushing back against these systems and we're trying to create these new realities and these new possibilities. And we're trying to liberate our community. We're not trying to assimilate and fit in or get in over here. We see the problem and we're trying to address it. And then us addressing our problem, you know, we are of service to cis folks who are in the same situation as well. So um, I wanted to really fast give a couple more shout outs. So shout out to Courtney Harvey, my sister in the gang. I, I respect what you're doing. I also want to give a shout out to um, Mia Ebony. Um, I love you, sis. Um, I look forward to seeing more from you. Shout out to T.S. Little Kendra. Yeah. I love you, sis. Thank you for following us and for your sweet words. Um, and also shout out to Angelica Ross. I appreciate everything about your platform. And Shout out to Hope Giselle. Excited to excited to get to know you, lady. 
um, and I look forward to what you become. Amen. So now um, transitioning into our larger topic. Um, and also please feel free to um, comment and chime in in the chat. We will post your comments on the on the live stream. Um, and if you have something that you want us to specifically speak to or talk about, make sure you write it in the comments. Uh, but we just want to talk about, so Trans Day of Remembrance started in uh, 1999. Here we are celebrating the 21st year of Transgender Day of Remembrance. Yes. Like where where do we go from here? Like what are what are our what are our next steps? What are what are some things that we should be thinking about moving forward, especially in response to a lot of the murders of our trans siblings? You know, I think it's so many different. It's it's like different layers, different levels, different intersections. I think there's a community approach. There's a, an ally approach. There's a an approach from, um, you know, what I think we could be doing and those of us that are doing the work of an approach that we should take strategically. I just feel like ultimately we cannot become callous to the fact that we as a community are incrementally improving, but the death rate isn't necessarily decreasing. And I feel like we can never forget that this could happen to any one of us. And then community, in community, I feel like we need to center conversation around what are ways that we can start having self-defense um, um, curriculum as a part of our, our stuff. What is a way in which we can, and I know that there are orgs doing that, and I've seen a few, shout out to you, but what are some ways that we can um, have funding, funding, let's start, let's start trying to instead of us all like siphoning off money to our nonprofits that are handling the problem i think it's an important thing for us to maybe have a fund to support um stopping our violence like actually unite and use our forces to combine to create some kind of fund so that we can actually effectively lobby and target and get the stuff together to make it happen and not and i feel like black trans women need to be the leaders of this of this funding and this lobbying so that we can center ourselves in the ultimately the laws that are supposed to protect us and i know that there are folks doing that but i just feel like that's important but particularly when we're talking about these murders i feel like as a whole as a collective and community we have to remember that if you see something say something because i also there's something around the idea for me that a lot of these murders are um the investigations are at a stall and there's no witnesses and we know that we live in a society where can't nobody really miss nothing that's we if we can catch um for for shits and giggles a trans woman being you know, being beat and that can end up on World Star. I would I would encourage if you see someone treating a trans person a certain way and you feel like it's violent, I feel like definitely don't do it in an exploitive way. Contact the police. Like really, really go out of your way to be standing the gap for your black trans sisters. We out here and we're going through all kinds of things. Another thing is I feel like in community we need to make sure that when we're sharing these things 
that we're creating a narrative and that we're sharing it in a way that is honoring the, the honoring the fallen, the deceased, that we're respecting, that we don't know what the fuck is going on because most of us are just sharing an article. So let's not make presumptions. Let's not make assumptions based on what we knew about the person. We don't know why people die. And sometimes investigations can be colored by a public opinion that paints a narrative that then makes the investigators wonder, eh, is this something that I should waste time investigating when the, when the, when the community thinks that it could be some, like, so let's just make sure that we are fighting, that we are united, that we are activated around promoting the, the fact that I, I fall in our people. Let's reach out to the families of people that fall and really, really go and dig deep to try to like connect and, 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 and offer resources. Um, and I also think for those of us, for the, for the people that are our allies and that includes the men, I feel like you have a duty and a responsibility for the benefit you get from having us in your lives and being able to say you've been close to greatness and joy and happiness because that's who we really are when we're not being bound up by society. If you have that in your life, you have a duty to it to protect the light that God has given you, that God has put in your life because I believe that we're light. And I feel like that's something that I think if we're if, if the people around us really, really doubled down in their efforts to make sure that they were protecting us on all levels, I feel like we wouldn't have so many problems because we engage with so many different people in so many different ways. Wouldn't it be wonderful if someone, if some of y'all actually took maybe even some of the money that you would spend in other ways with us, took some of that money and just put it towards privately funding the nonprofits, these black trans-led nonprofits that you see that are doing the work. We've listed some today. We took the time to do that. So yes, yes, yes. Sis, what do you think? What are some ideas you have? Um, well, I think we have to have the conversation that like the harm that we particularly experience as black trans women is linked to a lot of us being in poverty. Yeah. And how that how that inherent us being in poverty um inherently makes us more of a target um for violence and that structurally that's just the way it is so i i say that to say that um and i don't i don't want to say that like throwing money at us is going to solve the problem like just throwing money for the sake of throwing money but what I do say, but what I do want to get to is, um, for my first point is just our access to be a our access to employment and our access to um, employment that allows us to um, live a good quality life where we're able to take care of ourselves and we don't have to rely on underground economies or we don't have to engage in these parasitic relationships where we exchange um, like care we, we exchange care um with somebody that is um abusing us whether it be financially or physically or verbally um so i think that is part of the solution i feel like a lot of people are doing the work that um 
did the best that they can at this particular point in time. Um, with the more visible that we come, we become, the more we can um, push back and um, get laws passed that uh, protect us and give us a place and a, a workplace. So we're able to um, stand on our own and um, take care of ourselves. Or for those of us who want to do sex work, we can um, do sex work in a way where we're not criminalized for it, but in the event that violence happens or something happens, the police is actually, they're not going to further um, criminalize us or take advantage of us. And they're actually going to do what our tax dollars pay them to do. And then I think my second point is um, we, specifically the trans women, because um, we just had another case out of Miami where uh, um, I think she was let, she's Latinx. Her husband ended up murdering her. I think there is a, a conversation around intimate partner violence and how that shows up in the life of transgender women. Because with a lot of these stories, these are people that... I was going to say this. Let's pause there. I like intimate partner violence. I feel like we should really point that out. So, yes, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. So... These are not these are not strangers that are um, causing harm to us. These are people that know us, whether it be in a um, monogamous relationship or a repeated sexual partner. These are people that have unfettered access to us, that know us, that know our habits, know our insecurities, know our triggers, know our weaknesses. So it therein creates this dynamic where um, we're in these situations and. Um, sometimes it ends with them murdering us and them harming us. So I think uh, we can, moving forward, we can create solutions where we are further working on um, creating and stabilizing our relationships with cis women who get the conversation and kind of being looped into the conversations and the work that they've already done among for intimate partner violence and then kind of creating systems where even trans women can come and find refuge in these programs that uh should that should be protective of all women who are going going through the situation especially if they need to escape an abusive partner and i think we don't realize how easy uh, it is to run in or or link up with an abusive partner because sometimes they come off like the perfect person and you don't know until you're in the situation. Exactly, exactly. And I think an important part of um, intimate partner violence too is it based in the idea that sometimes we even are told in society and this is often by our men that we should be grateful somebody won't us. This notion that because you're a fringe community, because I know you have damage, because I know you come to the table with, with trauma because that's how fucked up life is for people like you. I know that. I can see that on TV. I can read that on the internet. I can see by the Trans Remembrance Days. Sometimes a mentality creeps into the, the, the men that enter our lives that we should be grateful just to have anything. And I want to push back on that narrative for us ladies because we are responsible for creating safe and healthy boundaries for ourselves. And that means not just accepting anything. That means having that core gut feeling when you know you're in a situation where somebody is not the best for you. They can be wonderful for you in so many ways. 
But when I say the best for you, I mean using that internal gut, that barometer, that thing that spins around and tells you when your spirit is pointed in the right direction. We oftentimes have um, signs, there are flags that come our way and we will ignore them because they're, unfortunately, because we have had so many losses in life. We've been so rejected by so many different people in life that we literally have gotten to the place where some of us, not, not all of us, but some of us will accept behavior that is not becoming of a goddess. We will accept behavior that is beneath our station as women, warrior women who have fought hard and put great at great peril to be who we are and lost many things and put much on the line to be who we are. And you have to remember that that investment in yourself is precious and you have to protect that. And that means setting healthy boundaries with our partners. It also means holding them accountable when we see behavior that we don't see and we don't appreciate. And if the and if, and, and immediately cutting ties from anything that is toxic, anything that makes you feel unsafe. Because this is not a, a moment to actually even lecture. I'm just as a as a as a woman who has lived through horrible things and survived, sharing just this golden nugget that life is not supposed to be violent. That's why we do what we do. That's why we advocate that we act. I do not want to live because if it were the case, everyone would live with the same threat that we have. And that's not the case. There are some people living really good and comfortable. And we demand that for ourselves. And I want us individually to demand that for ourselves by being very, very selective. Dare I say shady. Dare I say. You On know, the DL. What'd you say? On the DL. About, on the DL about how you treat these men, <laughs> because the the reality of it is, is that we have the control over who we allow in our environment. Now, sometimes those decisions are made by other factors, of course, but the ultimate decision is us. And I want us to use a bit more discernment in the way that we enact. And that first is unpacking that toxic narrative that we just got to take anything because we just because he loves me. Because he told me I was pretty. Because he told me he he told me that he was going to be with me. When we know that lies roll off the tongue easiest water. Remember to trust that barometer, that thing inside. It will always, always guide you in the right direction. If you make sure that you love yourself first. That's the real key. Yes. We have a comment. Um, we have a comment. Read yeah, read it. Society is allowed to undervalue as a whole, to undervalue us as a whole, and we are too often subjected to risks that we should never be exposed to. This is why community is important. I completely agree. That is exactly why community is important, because if we don't got us, who else will? We have to love on each other and really, really uplift each other. And that's why I use the, the wording of God and goddesses when I'm talking about us, because we have to speak to something that is deeper than all of the toxin that is put on top of our names and our existence, even in the labels that we have to take. I can't just be a woman. I have to be a transsexual woman because we live in a society where there has to be identifiers. So when I say God and goddesses, 
it takes away, it's like a whimsical way, not in like a, an actual thing, but it's a whimsical way of me taking away the power of all these other words that aren't affirming. I am affirming you because I'm telling you that you were divinely put here to be something beautiful. And that's goddess and God energy. And so that's why I use those words. And I want to just put that golden nugget out there to the community. We got to look out for each other like we God and goddesses. We have to treat each other with the reverence that, because that is what's going to actually kill the kill the enemy inside. Is when we love ourselves enough to where when I see another girl, instead of it being a, oh, I don't really see it for her. What if I chose to try to send love her way just because? And what if she received it? And now that community thing has expanded further and that little and that and, and every encounter with a trans person can be positive. What if you chose to make it positive every time? That's deep. And also, if you have access to counseling and therapy, that'll help you to work on seeing the value in yourself. And I'm saying from saying this to somebody that um, heavily relies on counseling and therapy. Because even as somebody that is as self-actualized as I am, but sometimes you get tired, especially when you feel like you keep running up against the same wall because like, it's, it's no shame. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like the world is gaslighting me because I, I know that I'm a fair person. I know that I'm a good person, but I know the reality of the society that we live in. I know the reality of the, I know that I'm not the default. And sometimes I have to, you know, let empty my bucket to get that out because it's like you take you you can only take so many punches. And for me, the access that I've been able to have to like low and like and I wasn't getting like um like two hundred three hundred dollar sessions. Like one of my last therapists, it was like five dollars a session. So it you know it was just basic, but you know we're going to get beat up because this world is just not designed for us and it's okay it's okay to find refuge it's okay to have somebody to talk to to just get it out because the world is just constantly placing this stuff on you for us not to love ourselves and that's real and i don't ever want to tell somebody that you know you're just going to be self-actualized and you're just going to run through the 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 field and it's going to be daisies and everybody is just going to be receptive to you it's not like that and part of finding that value is this just for me, it's just this continuous um, practice of um, releasing, mm. Rele releasing, just re just like releasing all of the, the stuff that people in society tries to put on me, particularly about my um, my me being um, somebody who was trans. And trying to love myself, I you know, I have to release, I have to purge, I have to expel that. So, I have to expel that stuff if I am to maintain my sanity. You mentioned releasing, purging, and expelling, and I think that's something that is is it can be very very freeing to a person. And I feel like. But there are not a lot of ways in which in our organized society where we got to work, we got to come on, we got responsibilities. For those of us trans folk that got kids, we got to take care of these kids. For those of us out here who have partners and spouses, it's always something. And so I know for you, Brianna, you are someone that I admire in the fact that you are able to 
very accurately, I think, assess yourself. And you do a great job of setting boundaries and creating um, systems in place that work for you. So I think you'd be a great person to ask, what are the ways in which you release, purge, or expel? Because I know there are going to be some people that are listening right now. They may be like, how? How do I get that feeling out of me? How do I get these ideas out? So what advice would you have? Well, for me, like what I'm doing right now is I got to deactivate all of the apps because being on the apps and having that direct access to men and men having that direct access to me, it's crazy. It's always this dynamic of them kind of like coercing you or forcing stuff onto you that you don't realize through their constant like just message after message after and they're not really saying anything mm -hmm. but it's just this message of them feeling like they have to have access to you and you if you don't realize you can internalize all of that stuff and it can kind of make you go crazy because it's just like this is not the type of connection that i need and they feel like they have the right to have this access to me mm -hmm. even when i say i don't want to i'm not interested Bloop, 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 bloop. So to me, that is a for like, you know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to not get that part of myself fed. Cause I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do want that attention, but a lot of times it's too much and it's not healthy attention. So you kind of, I have to disengage from the game. And then once I've purged enough and I'm ready to get back in the mix and I can handle it mentally, then I'll get back in. But sometimes you just have to disconnect because especially dealing with trans amorous men, you don't realize how often even without them like being like obnoxious or aggressive, they're steadily trying to coerce you to do stuff that in your heart of hearts, you really don't want to do. And I think I, 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 to, I, I would even like a point of clarity there. What do you mean when you say that? Just coerce, not like, not like rape or anything, not like sex, but forcing you to like, pay attention to them or forcing you to be invested in their their feelings or how um, they're feeling in a way that they don't invest that same way in you. Or when you say that you're just not interested and in them constantly pushing back against that boundary. Like I've said, you know, I've set my boundary. I'm not interested in you. I don't desire to talk to you, but them just constantly pushing back, trying to force their way like over time if you don't like recognize what is going on that can just have you going through um stuff and you're not really having autonomy over is this a situation i really want to be in or did i just do this because he was consistent and i'm misconstruing that with oh he really likes me instead of oh this is a sign that this is somebody that doesn't respect boundaries Right, 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 right. Okay. So um, now I will say, I, I, I think part of having a boundary is that there must be a repercussion for hitting it. I like to make my boundaries wrapped in electrical wire. Because when I tell you that this is a boundary, 
not, 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 not. The caveat here is you have to make sure you're clear. You can't be ambiguous in how you communicate. But once I've told you that it's a boundary and you hit it, you've now triggered the electrical sensors and now I'm going to shock that ass with what I'm about to say. Because I just told you that I had a boundary. And I think I'd use that as a strategy in my life and I think it works. And I feel like particularly though, if we can push beyond what I was speaking about earlier, like that, that feeling like you need, you need to engage in anybody. Right. Like, cause if you have them, if you're empowered, if you're truly empowered to believe that you don't need these niggas, then the next time he calls you, that's a real quick scalding and then a hang up and then about, and then a block and then a never speak to. And yes, that will mean that you'll lose contact with that nigga. But I ultimately feel like the only way to really have healthy and safe boundaries for yourself is for you to really adhere to them. So that means the first time, you know, he get a little loud with you and grab your arm, get off of me. In the case of trans remembrance or domestic partner violence, you need to already be in your mind making sure that if he that there's somebody intervening, whether there's some type of mental health professional or something, so that you can get where you need to be. But once you said, don't you ever do that to me again, and you've y'all are y'all have come up with a, a strategy so that shit don't happen again. And then it happened. Now it's scorched earth policy to me. And I feel like if we make sure that we realize that you can do bad all by your motherfucking self. You won't, you won't entertain foolishness because, again, this is a woman who has survived evil. And I'm telling you, it ain't worth it. It ain't that glamorous. You really need to make sure that if you have a boundary, that it's real. If you're going to set one, make it real. Because it, it, it and, and, and I understand that sometimes, because now there were situations that I'm going to keep it gangster. I understand the situation in which you're having to live with somebody that's violent to you, but because that's your only place to stay. So that you're not one of the girls on the street. You're tolerating behavior that you ordinarily wouldn't. I've done that too. I was young. But I'm telling you, in the long run for your own physical health, it shouldn't take somebody putting you in the hospital. It shouldn't take somebody beating you up. Me. All these things happen to me. It shouldn't take somebody really, really making you feel like you're less than human for you to leave a situation that is violent. And I just want to put that into the space. Like, for those of us that have been survivals of sexual assault, of rape, of um, 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 abuse in relationships, domestic partner violence. I'm here to tell you, we just have to remember that our lives are valuable. And if you hold that thing cherished and it's cherished to you in your heart and in your soul, you can't let people mistreat it. And that's family, friends, loved ones, anybody in this world. And that's to me what trans remembrance should be about. Remembering our motherfucking set. For sure. Stephanie um, wrote a comment that um, kind of um, spoke to uh, my example um, when they for they're forcing themselves and it's that artificial attachment that they try to force. Yeah, I, I guess my message is and specifically I'm referring to like when you're on like a grinder and it's the same guy that I've blocked 3000 times because I said that I'm not interested and they're forcing you got to get to a point where you realize that you are a woman and you are a woman dealing with men. And because you are a woman, if a man is misogynistic and he's not going to, no matter what boundaries you shut up, he's just not going to respect them because he sees you as a woman. So he feels like he can run over you. Sometimes you just got to get out of Dodge, like just blocking 
if somebody is just not going to respect those boundaries, they're just not. And so I think me getting out of Dodge is just pulling myself out of that environment and then just empowering myself that I can pull myself out of the environment and not um, tricking myself into that negative self-talk. Well, where am I going to find somebody? I'm never going to No, like you have to protect your peace and you have to protect your sanity. And there's nothing peaceful about all of these men just constantly feeling like they have access to you and pushing your boundaries, but really it's not in anything substantive that's benefiting you. So like just empower yourself to pull yourself out of those environments, especially when you've made it clear by blocking them that this ain't what you are trying to do. Because to me, that to and me, blocking it and keeping them blocked, don't unblock because right. you're lonely or because you feel away. Or no, sometimes they just create new profiles using different accounts. But to me, that's a red flag that no shade. This person could be sexually violent because here I am being clear as hell and it's not enough. So let me just fall all the way back. And let me also unpack, let me also dispel the narrative. That this can't happen to trans women in relationships. Right. We all are on social media, and I happen to have a public platform that I have, particularly because I, I navigate. So I'm aware that what when I, the things that I put on are being seen by other people. But with that comes the crazy. So even with me being clearly in a relationship, that's something that I shared over and over and over again. I've had my husband on my podcast. People know him. Whatever. Um, wedding pictures on my profile. <laughs> there are still people who will almost harass me on the internet. That because you're a woman. Because I'm a woman, and that's something that women in general share. Female-bodied individuals share in this world is that your nose to a lot of men are maybes, and and there's nothing you can do that's going to convince them that they can't talk you out of your panties. And it doesn't matter who's in your life. It doesn't matter that you have a spouse. We all have a duty to make sure that we're protecting ourselves. Don't ever get slip. I make sure that I have my protection devices when I'm out as well. Because these niggas will stalk you. They know where you live. They live in the city. And they will actually take the time to find out. And let's not act like every attack is because a girl was doing sex work. Baby, listen, these men have realized that we're very beautiful, vulnerable creatures that oftentimes aren't very connected to very strong fam familial units. They've learned that just from watching polls and TV. So what we have to do is make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to get too complacent or comfortable because it can happen to any one of us. When it I can, this house without my husband, I'm just a black trans woman on the street. It can. It can. Patriarchy is the worst. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Anybody but anybody but men, everybody, all but well, really, white men, white patriarchy is even worse. But I'm saying it's just the notion that our bodies aren't as our sexuality, our values, our rights, our bodies, our existence isn't as valuable. And that at someone's leisure, they can decide for you what they want you to see and experience. Sis, what is that bigger post that keeps coming up? Kaneen Mafia. Hey, girl, shout out to her. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I want to give a big shout out to Kaneen Mafia. 
She is someone that I've known for a very, very long time. Um, I, I, I'm, um, shout out to you, Tila. Shout out to you, Kaneen. I love you dearly. Um, and so I just wanted to just thank you. She's someone that has been very, very instrumental in community here in Atlanta, here in Louisiana, here a little bit of everywhere. New York, everywhere. And so she's a well-traveled woman. She's a, 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 a healer, a practitioner. Uh, I know I know her to be a woman of great faith. And so I just want to shout her out today too um, so that in this moment, I'm taking my moment. So anyway, good evening, healers. It is personally hard for me to call men in today's society gods for me. It feels like feeding something that's already full, but I do like using goddesses to call femininity outward and upward. I feel we need that in this season. And of course, I love hybridizing the word of goddess God as a reminder, as a reminder to myself of my own wholeness. Well, sis, I want to say I agree with you 110%. And I want to say when I was saying gods and goddesses, I was referring to the trans masculine part of our community, the trans men, the ones that identify as men. I was saying gods as in them and goddesses as in us because trans men are also being killed. Trans men are also being denied. Trans men are also being raped. Trans men are also being raped by people in community. Mm. Oh. Because I no, let's do it if we're going to do it. Okay. Violence is violence. If we're going to do it, let's do it. Because I stand with my brothers. I have wonderful brothers. So when I said God in that moment, I was referring to the gods and goddesses that have this unique and beautiful experience of existing in a way that the world just can't handle. And I was using that terminology to affirm us, the, most, the, the divine masculine and femininity in this community. So, yes. For so long, Stephanie Sunshine Williams says, for so long men have been told that no is a negotiation, that sex is something for them to hunt and stalk to get. So they should never take no for an answer. True. True. And that's why you should have your gun permit for when that happens or a very, a very sharpened knife, bitch. Um, and that's also why we should talk to our brothers, our little brothers. That's also why we should talk to our sons. That's also why we should talk to our uncles and our, our, our fathers and our male community members that may be single or that may be out there in this game. It's important that we talk to them because they may be inadvertently while loving you as a family member and saying, oh, you my cousin, I'll never let anybody hurt you. Be the very thing that we're talking about right now to some other woman. So I think it's also us making sure that our, the men around us are woke because I think a, a communication exchange is imperative. In exchange for, you know, you having us in your life, helping you out. Cause you know, black women, we help the family. Ain't nobody, ain't no need to even list it. You know what we do. So in exchange for all that, how about you support us and make sure that you're not being violent and that you don't allow violence to be discussed or talked about around you. That part. Troy Kennedy, you are correct. We're even told by our mothers not to settle down and to sow our oats with no regard to the women we connect with. Toxic ideology rooted in so many different layers of, of problems. But at the end of the day, what it really speaks to is just how we as a people oftentimes will take the poison that was fed to us. And because that's the only thing we know, 
or, or because it feels comfortable because that's what our people did and the people before them, we pass down a narrative, even sometimes when we know better, that is toxic. Because as a woman, if you were the woman that were in that man's life when he was getting his oats sold, then you know what it feels like to have somebody casually discard you when they're done. So then for you to have sons and promote that to your own sons, it's just, it's obvious that this person has gotten to a place in life where they forget and they forget to empathize with the young women that they're encountering in the world, perpetuating again that toxic and feeding it to their sons who are then feeding, spreading it out into the world. And we have to break the cycle. A lot of generational curses are the same way. Um, Brianna, what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like men have to um, want to unlearn the behavior. I feel like men need to want to be feminist. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but yeah, we we like it's just we we have to get better at how um, particularly how the fellas are treating us and how the the men are hearing us actually hearing what we're having to say, hearing our requests, hearing our no's and respecting our no's. You know, one thing I want to add into this space that I think we can discuss at this time. So there are men that now have reached to that place in movement where they are speaking. There are platforms, there are groups, there are affiliations, there are Jedi councils. There are all of these things that are now being formed around supporting the men that like us, but also it's their platform supporting their love and their their support for us. Shout out to men like us. Shout out to the Trans Amorous Support Group. Shout out to all of the folks, Troy Kennedy, all the folks. I can list everybody. Chris Patterson, I can list everybody. But shout out to all of you. Jonathan Hayden, shout out to you. Shout out to the leaders in that movement. Shout out to Tierra Turner. <laughs> shout out to you. I see what's going on, but I want to take this moment, Bree, for us to hold him accountable. So now on this day where we are discussing the loss of so many of us, I want to know if you men honestly feel like you're doing everything in your power you love us. You even have platforms to support us. You even are doing everything you can to treat the women in your lives. You're empowering each other to be better men. But we're being murdered at a rate that is alarming. And I'm not saying that you have to necessarily do grand things, but what could you be doing more? That's the question I want to ask. And Brianna, do you think they could be doing more? Um, yeah, like no doubt they could be doing um, more um, that um, it was a conversation that Angelica Ross had on her platform and shout out to Tony Michelle Williams because she, yeah, really, she really brought the point home. It's certain um, cishet men that we've platformed because they do have content that um, uplifts trans women, but it's really parody and stuff that trans women thought leaders have been talking about forever. But because it's coming through a black system um, lens, you know, it's the best thing since sliced bread. But just saying the right thing, that's not enough. And we 
have the right to continuously um, question and critique how you are modeling what you're talking about. Because anybody can platform themselves and say the right things, but what are you doing in your real life interventions when blatant transphobia isn't occurring in front of your face? Are you intervening? Are you risking your privilege to put yourself in line to disrupt the behavior? Or are you just sitting back being a bystander? And because you, um, and not even speaking to trans attracted men, but if it applies, let it applies. But like um, cis hat men purely date um, cis women um, that want to platform themselves. What are you, what habits do you have um, to make sure that um, you are not uh, engaging in just this performance of acting like you're an ally, but you're actually a credible ally? What, it, what are you doing to share your platform? Um, I just saw a video from the NAACP today where once again, a message that a black trans man or a black trans woman could have said, or they could have extend, extended the olive, the olive branch to have us be the ones talking about our experience in the video. But who did they get? The same black cis queer man that constantly takes up space and takes up opportunity. It's literally the same guy. The same guy, girl. The same guy, so there like, is a gentleman, and I don't want to speak his name right now because I don't want to. It's not. Necessary. It's habitual at this point. But he needs to sit the hell down. <laughs> and I, and I want to in love and happiness and and joy. I am glad you read books. I am glad you are connected. I am glad you know a few girls. I am glad you get regularly checked by your council of people who are helping you understand about our lives. But you are not trans. You're not. And you need to give the mic away. You're not. And to speak from the experience firsthand, there are enough of us that are articulate, concise, and with the right analysis, with the ability to be camera ready, and important, most importantly, that are great teachers that can really talk about some of the things that you're speaking on. And the reason why we push back is because while your analysis is deeper than most and it's commendable, it isn't quite sharp enough. We believe that we can speak better about our experiences. And so sometimes I think even on this day, it's important that we remember ourselves in this moment and say, you need to sit back, sir. And I don't know who you are, but I hope you do get wind of this because you are an individual that I, I, I respect as an academic. I do think you're grandstanding at this point about information that you learn secondhand when you should be passing the mic to us. Amen. Yeah, but stop stop with the performance. Like we we as trans people, we as the people that are impacted, we have the right to ask questions and we have the right to see it be modeled. Sure. Period. So that that um I think we did a show. I think we just did a show. So take take us out of here, sis. Well, before we go, I want to say thank you so much to each and every one of our listeners. This journey with my sister Aeon, aka Brianna Jenkins, has been amazing. It has been fulfilling. It has been um it has been a joy because I've been able to connect and deepen in my passion for communication. And I just want to say thank you really fast, Brianna, before we go, 
because I know that we'll be having a brief a break for holiday. And um, we'll have more information on our pages about that, about the new season and the upcoming stuff. So stay tuned for more information. But Brianna, really fast before I do our outro, thank you so much for your time, your talent, and your energy. And I want to say that I'm thankful for you this holiday season because I truly feel like you're one of the few people that I can say I took a chance and did something that I and that was a risk because people say you never do things, certain things with fam with family or friends. Mm-hmm. But with you, sis, I feel like we've deepened, and that's powerful. And I wanted to take this moment to 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 show this example to others that it can work. You can do something with your homegirl and it work as long as y'all <laughs> are constantly in communication about your goals and how they change. Right. <laughs> Because right. it's not easy. No. But, but I want to say that this is gangster as fuck to me, sis. And I live for you, the house down banana boots, bitch. I live for you too. Yes. And um, thank you guys also for tuning into this episode. This is a this is an episode that is a culmination of a lot of wonderful things that we put out for you on a myriad of different topics this season. Everything from dating and relationships to family to um, the politics, reality shows. We've covered it all. And we've done it from the perspective of grown black trans women. For those of you who have already done it, we thank you, but we would love for those of you right now who love what you see, who want to support Black trans business, who want to see this kind of conversation grow and expand so that it is not uncommon, then we would ask if you support a Black trans business. And to do so, all you have to do is go to www.anchorfm.com and click on the donate tab. And help a sister or a couple sisters out if you want to support us. Also, we would love it if you could like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms, including YouTube, to find our content. Next season, we got a lot of great things coming up for you. And so we want you guys to stay plugged in. We want you to stay connected. And so don't forget to like and follow and subscribe. And go back and check it sometimes because sometimes these algorithms might throw you off. We want to make sure you are you know, all the latest, hottest, newest things. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, the Trans Remembrance episode. We love you. We love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters. And lastly, please, please, please follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.